Hey everybody, it's Ben and Rob. We're your hosts from Rise.TV. And right now, everyone is wondering about the fate of Project Veritas. James O'Keefe was ousted by the very same company he built, but why? Can we still trust them as a company? Well, tonight, well, you guys, tonight we have a very special show. Our friend, the Google whistleblower, Zach Voorhees, we have him on to give his perspective about what's going down. We'll also talk about the disasters, chemical leaks, and now a fifth train wreck that happened in Nebraska. So definitely stick around for this Edge of Wonder Live, where we'll unpack all of this and more, and we'll see you out on the edge. Hey, Ben. Hey, Rob. Are you safe where you are? <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 uh, I'm in Florida, so uh, I'm safe. But um, but actually in Florida, it's been crazy. I, I was talking to some friends in Miami, uh, but I guess where so there's a factory that's still on fire that's been on fire for like a week now in Miami. A waste been like six days or something. It's like six days or something like that. It's kind of crazy. They, they've actually um, canceled all school in that area. And um they're saying not to go to that area. And if you're driving by, roll up your windows and put change your filter thing on your car. So it's like circulating the air circulating in your car. As if people in Miami weren't crazy enough. Yeah. And then and then in Orlando, there was this whole, pla you know, the plastic factory that got destroyed. And then today, a freaking another train wreck in Nebraska yeah. carrying chemical stuff on the train. It, it's just I, I'm like, what in the world is going on? Yeah, we went. It was funny because we went from like zero to 120 in a couple of days. Like first it was just <laughs> chickens. Yes. Completely upgraded to chemical fires across the, con uh, the country. Yeah. <clears throat> it, 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 I, I'm like, seriously. And then, you know, I'm also thinking about the Chinese balloon, right? So they had it go over across the entire U.S. And also there's the fault line. Um it's slipping my mind at the moment. The name the of the fault right in the middle of Midwest. There's a big, what did you say? No, I didn't say anything. I said the, Oh, what? I can't <laughs> think of the fault line. Oh my gosh. Everyone in the chat's going to freak. Like, San, you know. it's, in the, like, it's like sand something fault line. No, that's, yeah. that's the one in California. Oh, I can't remember. It's got a funny name. Anyway, what the, uh, New Madrid, Madrid, New Madrid. That's it. Yeah. 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 New Madrid fault line. And, um, and I just, I just, I just started thinking about it today. Could it be possible that this Chinese balloon that's floating over the entire U.S. could this partly be at fault for what's going on? I mean, were they like surveying all the weak parts and <laughs> in our infrastructure and transportation? I don't know, you know. And then paying off officials so they don't do anything. I have no idea. But at this point, it's just, it, it's just too strange to be coincidence i feel like at this point something weird is going on but especially when i heard about it today it's like oh and then ohio there was a then there and then what was it was it yesterday oh, was last a, night? a metals factory or something up in <laughs> um bedford or something i can't remember where in ohio but it was closer to lake erie up there yeah okay northern ohio it's northern ohio yeah yeah we're, we're like my family probably is i'm not sure well they're in cleveland area so better better call them before they turn into mutants and you don't recognize yeah, seriously all oh, this is crazy 
Well, we uh, we're gonna have um, we're gonna bring on Zach Voorhees to give us later. He'll I am kind of curious what he thinks about all of this, but also of course Project Veritas and James O'Keefe. We're gonna get into all of this as well. And by the way, if you're listening to the Edge of Wonder podcast, please give us a five star rating and review so we can keep making awesome content and bring on really cool guests. And if you're watching us on Rumble, please subscribe to our channel on Rumble so we can grow that too. So, should we bring over uh, Zach Voorhees? I think that's a good idea. Let's bring him on. Hey, guys. How you doing? Wow, what an incredible week it's been with this Project Veritas story. Um, the supporters and donors and employees are now in revolt. Um, I didn't realize that this was a coup going on. In fact, I, I was told uh, by the uh, Project Veritas company that um, well, it's basically disinfo that sort of placated me and the rest of the whistleblowers uh, because we have like our own little group and um, they lied to us. They said that uh, Wait, so here's so you, were in a, you were in a meeting with other whistleblowers and Project yeah. Veritas. Yeah, we're like a special group. So Project Veritas <laughs> has us uh, in Zoom calls sometimes uh, to debrief us in, on th certain things. And this is what awesome. basically happened is that you know, when news broke, they're like, hey, we need to have a Zoom meeting to sort of like bring you guys up to speed of what's going on. Um, they had that Zoom meeting. They informed us that uh, James was on basically like PTO and that what had gone down is that um, there was this leadership meeting. And during this leadership meeting, um, the fundraising team wanted to... Um, call the big donors like they had donated $50,000 and up and and James disagreed and said that we should email them instead and so basically it went into uh, a, an argument the fundraisers backed down and then James um, continued to uh, basically say how could you cross me how could you you know anyways they it's didn't follow James' plot. direction, and then it went to hell, right? It, well, no, it turns out that none of it was true. Oh. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the argument had nothing to do with whether to call or email the donors. The Interesting. issue was that um, James O'Keefe wanted to fundraise right away, right after this uh, Project Veritas story on Pfizer. And it was the board, or actually the fundraising team, um, and I forget what the, the name of the guy is that was leading it, but um, he wanted to not fundraise immediately. He said that if we fundraise now, we'll, you know, we'll get 10% of what we could do if we could fundraise over time. Well, um, and why, why not trust James since he built the company from scratch? And right. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. That was the source of the argument. And yeah. James was like, look, <laughs> I've been doing this for 12 years. Like you fundraise after a major event. That's what you do. And so the guy, the fundraising lead, um, you know, disagreed with that. And James asked him to resign. He didn't resign. And so he fired him. Now, what I was told by the Project Veritas company is something different, which was that uh, this individual uh, wasn't told that he was being fired, that James went right to the IT department and said, disconnect his, you know, his stuff. But now it turns out that that's also not true. That what happened in reality was that James asked this guy to resign and he didn't. And you know what? He had cause. Like you fundraise 
after a major event like that. Like that's what you do. That's what's worked for Project Veritas. Um, and the fact that this guy wasn't willing to do that means, you know, maybe he should go and, you know, search for a different job. Well, like yeah. that may Generally be the speaking, best place. if the CEO is asking you to do something, you do it. You do it. That's right. It. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, additionally, it was this um, idea that James was on PTO, that he had been forced to, um, you know, into vacation. And that I was told by Matthew Tierman, who's been basically leading this uh, coup. That yeah, he, he's like the head board member, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I was told by Matthew Terman that there were serious and gross like financial issues that James was using the company's funds as a piggy bank. Um, and then they finally released this letter with their allegations. And it's a freaking nothing burger. It's totally nothing. It's a nothing burger, right? Totally. Like, let me just go through some of them. So one of them was a $15,000 um, expense that they said that he paid for like his wedding. Yeah. And as <laughs> James not let married. everyone know, he's not married. Not married. Right. And it turns out that uh, that that amount of money was not for a wedding. It was for a party, a corporate party for the Project Veritas staff that happened to be at a, ve at a wedding venue. And so instead of saying that, they said, oh, he spent, you know, company money to to get married. And it's just completely ludicrous and wrong. Uh, I mean, yeah, Do they they realize how this makes them look, I imagine. Um, You know, one would are, hope. Are they that arrogant? Like, you know, anyway, keep, keep going through this list because, you know, we'll have plenty of time so, for commentary on this. That's yeah. And, and actually, I. Uh, Oh yeah, we we were both in Miami for for that the the Project Veritas experience, yeah. Thing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Zach exactly. and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, actually, I, there that was uh, put on really well. It was completely sold out, and um, everyone really liked that event a lot, <laughs> right? And that was one of the things that they said was part of this malfeasance. So yeah, you know, bullet point number two was sixty thousand in losses by putting together dance events such as project veritas experience oh you mean like the headlighting event at cpac and amfest and um you know the the turning points usa event in tampa like that thing was amazing right like yeah, people were saying that we're finally winning a culture war like james is a rock star and we don't really have a lot of rock stars you know on the right and james was sure. like the rock star and we can only guess like how much money that actually pulled in. And they're complaining that it, that they lost like $60,000 as if the point of the project Veritas experience was to sell tickets or something. I'm, I'm not well, entirely yeah, and, sure. And well, that that's the thing that that's challenging, right? Well, okay. Well, it only sold X amount of dollars in tickets. And so you, you subtract that with how much it costs to put on minus Okay. We're short 60,000, but who knows? Maybe they got a hundred thousand dollar donation from one person from that event. Look, like last year they they generated, or maybe it was twenty twenty one. They generated like twelve million dollars in revenue, and then this last funding cycle that just closed out, they they brought in twenty million. 20, so it was, it was 20, a forty percent increase in funding year over year, and they're they're complaining about these nickel and dime um, costs, which are a small fraction 
of the total revenue that James has brought in additionally ju just this year, just this last mm -hmm. year. You know, well, additionally, they're saying that he he spent $150,000 in black cars in the last year and a half. Yeah, these line items are bizarre. Like, why specifically, why black cars? Like, I mean, why even say that? It's just right. It, like, the whole thing is off, you know? Right. What they mean, I think, is the Ubers. But I mean, I, yeah, I get Ubers. it. But it's like you have to get place to place. Right. Like, you use that. Okay, it was $150,000. How much has the guy done for the company? Exactly. You know, it's like you want him to pay the $150,000 to get around? Right. I don't think that's how it works, you know? You know, and, and additionally, and also he could be paying for other people and other employees and everything else too. You know, it's like, oh, I'll just put it on my thing and I'll get the car for you. You know, there could be situations like that. Yeah. Absolutely. This here at Edge of Wonder is what we call a Zach sandwich when we put Zach <laughs> and Robin Penner on the side. <laughs> yeah. And additionally, you know, they're also saying that, you know, besides the black cars, that there's thousands of dollars spent on DJ and other equipment for personal use. Like, um, and, and I can't even evaluate that because I know that there was DJ you know, equipment spent, you know, mm -hmm. for the project Veritas parties. Are they saying that right. he also used it for personal use and that's wrongdoing? Like, I'm not really sure, you know, what they even mean. Yeah, here. The, the whole point of the parties is to bring in more money is to like, right. like, have a party, get the donors there, you know, try to bring in more cash so that they can keep doing the vital work that they're doing, you know? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so and it is his company too. So it's like, I mean, you know, it's, it, it would be different if he was like, you know, if all of these factors added up to like millions of dollars, then it's like, so, okay, what is he really doing? But it's not it's really. Weird. And the way I, here's the way that, I, that I look at this is like, there's, there's one of two things going on. Either this board is really that out of touch and arrogant to think that Project Veritas can exist without James O'Keefe. So they're doing this out of like a desire to make more for themselves or whatever it is. Or they're completely infiltrated and completely compromised. And this is how they're trying to undermine and slow James O'Keefe down. Because all you're doing is slowing him down wherever he goes he is going to come back with more heads. He's like the, he's like the right wing Hydra, <laughs> you know, he's going to, he's going to come back and he's going to build something that's probably even bigger and better and probably even more well-funded because now people are pissed that he's been screwed over. So what, what really have you accomplished next to nothing? You've maybe right. given him like three or four months to get back on his feet and he's just going to come back. And faster than ever. I mean, look, the staff loves him. And yeah. they don't they don't have that big of an alliance to, you know, Matthew Tierman. Um, David Strack is brand new and he's kind of a corporate snake as well. And so, um, you know, yeah, he's way more diplomatic. James is not a diplomatic person. He's blunt, highly creative, tells you exactly what he's thinking. And he's centered most, on and most his, CEOs are. Yeah, if they're good. Yeah, exactly. So, um I think you know, we have to understand that part of the reason why this is happening is because of James's blunt style. You know, he's not a corporate suit. He doesn't lie. He um, he tells you the way that it is. And he sometimes he makes people cry. Big freaking surprise. Yeah. yeah. Right. Way. So the, and the, now you've got yeah. and now you've got this. And 
Now you got Matthew Tierman and you've got David Strack and um, they think that they're actually the value drivers because I guess they're involved in operations. So they're like, oh, we don't need, you know, this widget, which is the founder. And so they're going to just toss the widget, think that they can continue on with Project Veritas. But, um, you know, the employees themselves which, you know, they were lied to as well. I mean, the reason why I was lied to is because the employees were lied to and they were telling me what they heard went down. And now they're like, oh, snap, this is a coup. This is a coup and it's being highly organized and they had a plan and they put out misinformation in order to placate us and keep us silent and keep James O'Keefe gagged while this mm -hmm. thing came down uh, so that they could, you know, act on it. And, you know, the scope of the deception really wasn't known until James O'Keefe came in, um, did his sort of surprise farewell video uh, to the yeah. Project Veritas staff. Mm -hmm. And then we started cross-referencing like, oh, well, you know, that that time where Project Veritas tweeted out that James is on vacation was actually not true at all. He was on vacation. He had been suspended without pay. And here's the thing, like how is the project Veritas board going to continue this company and be a destination for whistleblowing? Exactly. When they've done so much unethical behavior and lying, like mm -hmm. that's the thing that's just shocking to me is the amount of misinformation, lying yeah. and um, conniving that has gone through in this, um, you know, coup that they've yeah. done at the company. Like they're done. Like, no, you they're know, totally done. It's over. They're, they're yeah. totally done. At yeah. least with like well, a company like Breitbart, you know, the guy died yeah. and, you know, and then you, you pretty much, you know, bring up the mantle of, well, we're going to be Breitbart. We're going to continue to his mission. In this case, they can't even have a semblance of that because no, James O'Keefe is still alive and they, they ousted him. So, um, yeah. Well, and I think they're thinking like, well, you know, we did like Apple did that with Steve Jobs and they continued on without, without Steve Jobs, no problem. And then he came back, you know, but the difference is like they're creating a product. They're delivering the truth <laughs> right after a Pfizer video, no less. I know. Dude, yeah. I mean, it's so <laughs> obvious what's going on. It's painful. Yeah. Well, hey, um, like we have to we have to do a trailer, trailer right now. And then after that, Zach, uh, you have a friend that you'd like to bring on too, right? Yeah, Project Veritas whistleblower for Facebook. She's like one of the Facebook whistleblowers. Her name is Cassandra. She was one of the first. And she's been following the story a lot. And she's got some ins And she also worked at Project Veritas. So okay. she's going to have some insider nice. scoop on a lot of these people and what their actions and motivations are. So cool. Perfect. Right. Let's roll it. Art Ape. Art Human Hybrid. Cyborgs and Terminator technology already existing. Sentient robots becoming indistinguishable from people. No, it's not the plot of the new Matrix movie. This is our reality, a transhumanist one. How does transcending humanism tie into eugenics? 
Darwinism, and even cloning. Is there any part of our world that transhumanism hasn't touched? Is resistance futile? How can we rage against the machine? Well, hey there, Cassandra. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, wow. You, Zach was just telling us you worked at Project Veritas. I mean, you've got some insight on this, don't you? Yeah, I was actually the first whistleblower and that they had like a whistleblower story on. Um, I lost my job, obviously, um, was locked in Facebook's like a corporate like conference room for two hours being interrogated by their security uh, before Whoa. I was eventually fired and then went on to work for Project Veritas for like, a couple years um, before I left in 2020. And so uh, I definitely have a very unique perspective on this, having been an insider and an employee. Um, and a lot of the things Zach said, first of all, I was never invited to the Zoom call, which uh, <laughs> is probably for good reason. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I have a tendency of letting people know exactly what I think, whether they want to hear it or not. <laughs> I suffer and, from this sometimes too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Zach knows that over the weekend, while kind of everyone was still very much confused and things were unfolding and, you know, Project Veritas had put out some odd statements, like Zach had to like talk me off the ledge. I was ready to go. I was like, I'm going to throw all these people under the bus. I don't care. What are they going to do? Sue me. I have no money. So... <laughs> Yeah, I was there. like, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, yeah. I heard these stories that kind of kind of made sense. So it seemed like I right. thought the whole thing was going to get resolved. And then mm -hmm. I was completely shocked to find out that, no, th they weren't really interested in resolving it. They were interested in ousting and they were just going through the motion. Yeah. How long have they been planning this, really? That's the question, right? Mm -hmm. that, that is a very good question. And I can tell you, because um, I, I know you guys ran a poll, whether you think that whether PV's been infiltrated or whether it was, you know, uh, an ego thing. I do strongly believe that this has much more to do with ego and uh, people thinking that they can do James's job better than James more than it is, you know, like a Pfizer inside kind of job. Hmm. Um Zach mentioned Daniel Strack, who is the executive director of Project Veritas. He came on a few months ago. And at first I thought that, you know, maybe it would be a good thing because when I started at Project Veritas, there were maybe 20 of us, you know, all the journalists could fit in one conference room, easy. And as the company grew, there did need to be more of a, for lack of a better term, like corporate governance, because when you're dealing with that many people, you can't operate like, you know, like a club. Yeah, it's it's not a startup anymore. There right. has to be more organization, et cetera, right? And James is a difficult boss a lot of the time. Uh, if there was an award for most arguments gotten in with your boss, I probably would have a little trophy right here. <laughs> <laughs> the James O'Keefe Award. There it yeah, is. Exactly. Um, he and I have gotten into 
passionate disagreements over the years, uh, sometimes escalating to like shouting matches. But wow. one thing that has never changed is my unfaltering loyalty to him. And Zach knows, James and I, we've had our issues over the years. We've gotten into arguments over things that are essentially quite petty at the end of the day. But, you know, we both are strong-willed individuals, so that's just the way it goes. Um, but the th things that James is being accused of are absolutely absurd. Stealing a woman's sandwich. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, By the way, you know, that was my favorite one. Yeah, that was my favorite one too. No, it wasn't just a woman sandwich. It was a pregnant yeah. woman sandwich. Eight <laughs> months. And the funny thing is, is I believe that that actually did happen. I found out that James is the kind of person. All the other ones are wrong, but James actually stole a, a pregnant woman sandwich. Right. Would James? Would James yell at an employee if he was upset? Absolutely. Would James take a sandwich if he was hungry? Yes, because he, he doesn't think about those sorts of things. I, right. If I wanted to file that complaint, one time when we were at Top Golf, he ate a chicken wing off my plate. I didn't realize that was a board complaint. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is a man who I over, I've known now for six years. And at certain points of time, you know, I considered him to be a very close friend. You know, someone who knows some of my deepest, darkest secrets. And to see him be forced out in this way by people who are egomaniacs, um, by people who are not trustworthy, who have never been trustworthy, right. is disgusting. And while I won't drop the names necessarily, um, I think it's very telling if you look at certain Project Veritas employees social media posts, as well as what they've been liking. Uh, it becomes very clear who the snakes are. They aren't doing a great job of hiding it. Um, ironically, probably the board members are doing the best, but they are, they've already been outed as snakes. There's really kind of no point in them even hiding it anymore. Hmm. What, what can you say about Matthew Terman? Matthew Tierman, I always had a, the interactions I had with him, he was the only board member who was ever like really present uh, on a regular basis um, and interacted with the journalists. Because you have to remember the journalists spend 90% of the time in the field. They're not in the office that often. They're out getting stories as they should be. Um, Matthew was always professional and polite to me, but I've talked to a lot of people who have said that they've always kind of maybe gotten a vibe off of him. Um, and to me, I don't understand how you can backstab somebody who is such a good friend that you had offered. There was some point in time where Matt, I do recall a conversation where Matt talked about like, oh yeah, James, you should just move into my place for a while. Cause I think James was like thinking of buying a house or something like that. And they had been known each other for a long time. So for mm. Matt to do this is so slimy, so wow. slimy. Yeah. And there were people at the organization who I think um, are also slimy that definitely influenced Matt. But Matt is somebody who likes to be seen um, with powerful people. 
you look at his own social media, it's like all photos of him with like celebrities, right? Or politicians. And it's a, James, a dangerous attachment to have in this. Yeah, year, you know. it is. As much as James is a showman, that's because he's an ex-theater kid. It's not because James is some like, oh, I want to be the most famous person in the room. Like, let me be, let me get my picture taken with all these famous people. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not one who's like the first in the selfie line, um, which is something I, I deeply respect about him. Does he have an ego? Of course, but he's kind of earned it. You, you can't yeah. do this work. Yeah. <laughs> ego of some type, right? I mean, right, exactly. And I think the thing is, is that a lot of these board members and the snakes that are in the organization, their egos got too big. And uh, like Icarus, they may have flown too close to the sun this time. They thought that they could just quietly oust James and that people well, would turn the other way. But they're I, not. I, have a, I have a question, and it, it may be a little bit of ignorance about mm -hmm. how their particular nonprofit is set up. But if OK, so I'm James and I and I create Project Veritas. Mm -hmm. I'm bringing on board members. Mm -hmm. Were, was it not? expressly stated in the contracts that James has majority power here. This sounds like equal share of the board members ousted James, but like, this is his kind of like his company. I know that that doesn't, this is not a, a for-profit company, but I'm just, I'm just a little curious, like how this happened structurally in terms of the nonprofit, because it just doesn't seem quite right that these out of touch board members are able to oust the guy who created the company? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Unfortunately, I'm not an expert on nonprofit board governance, um, but it's interesting because Project Veritas is actually two separate entities, which hmm. some people have discussed. There's Project Veritas, which is a 501c3 nonprofit. Mm -hmm. um, they handle all the investigations like Pfizer, big tech, all of that kind of stuff, uh, not directly related to um, like a particular election. Then there is Project Veritas Action Fund, uh, just like I think Turning Point has a similar separate organization. And there's also Project Veritas Action Fund, uh, which is a 501c4. So I believe that's not tax deductible. And so, you know, but I mean, it's been that way since for at least probably, I'm going to guess, 10 years, ballpark it. Mm. And so mm -hmm. these, you have to think that from the perspective of the board trying to defend themselves and their actions, they're going to try to list the absolute worst offenses possible that James O'Keefe has right. committed in their statement. Yes. If you're complaining about him taking like black cars, which I'm understanding that's like a separate like executive corporate car service rather than mm -hmm. Uber's. Yeah. For, first of all, to me, that's just practical, A, because James is such a target. B, he's talking to whistleblowers and journalists who are out in the field dealing with highly confidential and sensitive information. I don't think it would be good if he's conducting business in just, you know, Joe Blow, the Uber driver's car. Right. I would 100% agree with that. And also, yeah. James is notoriously, like, the only thing that I read in that employee letter that has merit is James is notoriously late for everything. And <laughs> so he's uber rated, I would imagine, is in the toilet because he, like, constantly misses his pickup times. 
And that's funny because I can actually vouch for that. Because I actually, believe it or not, he's using a photo that I took of him. So oh, for really? his, yeah, I, I, I used to work for Epic Times and um, we went there actually yeah, and uh, interviewed him. And this was this was like a while ago, maybe like two, 2015. Wait, 14. this photo that we're looking at right yeah, now. Yeah, this photo that, right? right now is one I took. He's using it for one of his main images everywhere. I was like, wow, I took that photo actually. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of funny, but, um, but yeah, I, so, so like meeting him, I kind of got the same impression about him. You know, it's like, he's not really super warm and welcoming, but it's like, you know, he knows his stuff and, and it's like, you kind of need that to run a business. And he, it's like, I, we, we, you know, I knew like meeting him, I'm like, man, you know, wow, he's, this is going to be huge because of just how he is and how loyal everyone, his staff was. And that was the main thing that I noticed um, was just like, you know, they, it's like, they're not doing it because it's a job. They're doing it from their hearts. It's right. like, we, we are doing something purposeful and meaningful. And it's like, you know, this is why we want to do what we do. And um, the Epic Times at that point, he, that was the only media he, he allowed to come in. And actually, we, we went to the studio and got to see it. And he was like, you guys are one of the few media that I can actually see it, you know. So I thought it was kind of cool. And even where they were located and everything, it was like, you know, last minute, here's the location kind of thing. <laughs> so so um, unfortunately, though, the hurricane hit that soon after. Uh, okay, that was 2017. So it was later than I thought. And then yeah there was a hurricane later on or, or a big storm that came through but um yeah so but but anyway he has that kind of personality and and like i said it's like yeah you kind of need that to to do what you're doing and and to to not be phased by the realities of what's going on around you you know so many people are upset and other media bashing him and everything else and you have to kind of be a very strong person to withstand a lot of that I completely agree, but I do want to shed some light because there's a lot of talk about James being, you know, tough and, you know, he can sometimes be aloof, but mm -hmm. he is one of the most genuine and heartfelt people that I have ever met personally. Um, I have my own personal experience that I'm happy to share as well as, you know, there was a journalist there who had been smeared by the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. um, basically had her life pretty much ruined, they attempted to. And finally, one day, I want to say it was like nearly two years after this all happened, they had to issue a retraction about what had happened. Oh, and wow. James went and hugged that journalist and cried because it was so cathartic to finally mm -hmm. get vindication on some of these issues. And um, this is not the first time that James, that forces within the company have tried to take it over from James. Yeah. Um, people talk about connections to Eric Prince. Um, there were some people who are connected to Eric Prince. I don't even know how you say his last name, but the, the Blackwater guy. And uh, there were people connected to that who tried to steer the company in a bad direction. Um, I know this because they tried to recruit me and tell me not to take my information from Facebook to James. They told me that I should not trust him and I should join their organization. They were starting because of my, I used to work in with military intelligence. Um, I was with an intelligence unit back in Hawaii 
and they told me that they were starting their own outfit that it was going to be quote unquote pay for play and i would go undercover do an assignment get a check and then you know not work for a few months so basically like journalistic mercenary basically yeah but it was almost in a way uh it wasn't for disseminating information to the public it was almost more like reconnaissance intelligence yeah it was it was more like intelligence um, yeah. where we would be delivering the information to a client rather than the public and that made me deeply uncomfortable because was it that uh, uh, british guy yep yeah yep. yeah i when i came to project veritas i talked to him as well in fact he was the guy that sent out the undercover to collect the information and i heard from michael combest that uh this guy was um tried to do a coup on Project yep. Veritas in what, 2017, 2000, I think it was 2018 is when yep. the coup attempt mm-hmm. took place. Mm-hmm. How cliche are you? You're an intelligence guy trying to create a coup within a really sensitive organization. That's yeah. so <laughs> cheesy. Right, and what he thought is he could go to these companies and play them off each other. Like, hey, Google, don't you want to get some dirt on Facebook? We've got operatives in there, so we'll we'll, we'll, we'll sell you information. That's what he wanted to do. And then, you know, if a big corporate sponsor wanted to do a really bad story, then they would do it on, you know, on the payroll of that company, on the company that had the interest in funding that. So, you know, they didn't like what James was doing. They thought that they could do a better job at it. They wanted to turn it into a for-profit intelligence organization. And I'm not entirely sure what, how that all went down, but I do know that they, they had to fight them off. And, um, and Cassandra, what was Matt's role in that? Because I, I met both of those people together. The first day I met Matt was the first day I met that British guy who was also, he was like X, what, MI6 mm-hmm. or something? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So, um, and then there was wow. another guy, Kevin, who was, uh, his associate. And that was who was handling me when I was an insider. And I was told by this Kevin person, um, who was a close associate of Richard that, James was the reason that I was fired from Facebook because James had told his girlfriend who had a cousin that worked at Facebook. It was a very convoluted <laughs> story. Really? I'm not even joking. Wait, who you. told you this? This is what Kevin told me. I, I can tell you exactly where I was standing. I was having this cell phone conversation outside of a subway in a Walmart. <laughs> He was telling me how James was the reason I got fired from Facebook. James is reckless. James an egomaniac. He's this and that and the other. You shouldn't trust him. You should come and work with us. We'll take care of you. We'll protect you. And Kevin's Um, this MI6 guy, right? uh, Kevin, no, Kevin's not the MI6 guy. He was the close associate of the MI6 guy. They both came on together and they've left together. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. um, And I, I don't know for sure. But there were still elements in Project Veritas, Matt very well could have been one of them, I wouldn't be surprised, who didn't think that the direction that Richard and Kevin wanted to go in was bad. Um, I will Mm. say that the the opposing force to that, because James was kind of caught in the middle at the time and he had decisions he needed to make as the CEO of the direction of the company, the opposing force was largely Joe Halderman. Um, who used to be the executive producer at Project Veritas. Um, you know, n- liberal, like n- old school news guy. He just wanted to do the news. And Wait, he was for this privatization of the company? No, no, he was adamantly against it. against it. He was oh. the opposing force to that. Yeah, no, gotcha. Joe 
was on the side of keeping Project Veritas as a purely journalistic outlet. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and so Joe ended up calling me maybe a week after Kevin had had that conversation with me being like, oh yeah, you know, I'll, I'll find work for you. Cause obviously at the time I was completely flat broke, like literally had to go on food stamps. Like it was so embarrassing, never had to in my life. But um, Joe called me and he had gotten my information out of Kevin's emails and was like, you know, I think maybe we should all sit down and talk. And so they flew me to New York and James and I sat down and I didn't know whether to trust James because everything that this guy, Kevin, had told me had been terrible. He's this, <laughs> he's that, he's, he's basically the cause of all your problems, Cassandra. Wow. And so we sat down at lunch and I remember kind of making a somewhat passive aggressive comment, like implying that James was the reason I got fired. And James, I just remember he like looked at me with the most quizzical look that he, and I, there was no way that he could have faked that expression that I genuinely knew he had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> so I told him everything and he like looked at me. He didn't believe, he didn't want to believe that these people had turned on him, you know, wow. James. Was who, who wants, yeah. And so I literally mm -hmm. handed him my cell phone and was like, here's all the messages between me and Kevin. And I just handed him the phone and he scrolled through it and he was like, and he was uh, prof apologized profusely for what I had gone through. He was like, please, wow. like, if I had known what was going on, I would have not allowed this to happen. Wow. Like, the only, <laughs> like, it was absolutely insane. And so that was an attempted coup in 2018. So Axel, 100% right. That was right around the summer of 2018. That happened. Jeez, and so to see this crazy. happening to him again, yeah. um, now, My why? Story. Why is this happening again? Like, how come James, like, allowed this to happen? What, is he just, like, too busy trying to create news stories and didn't realize that snakes were being filled into the board of directors? Like, what? That's the part that yeah. is missing I for me. I have this is, question, too. It's like, me too. he trusts the wrong people. Um, I think yeah. that's the downfall of many. Like, I mean, even if you look at, like, Trump, mm. what really kind of caused a lot of his downfall is trusting the wrong people. Um, yeah, I will say that one of the people who I think is responsible for this whole situation, uh, I have a best friend who worked for James for close to seven years, six, seven years. She worked for him very close with him. Um, and like since the time when it was tiny up until it was like at, at its biggest and a certain employee James asked her one day after like interrogating her about it, do you think that I should fire him? And finally, my friend said, yes, because said employee, you want to talk about misuse of finances. I've got, I, I've heard some stories. <laughs> I, I got some stories. Um, that's why I, I was on Michael Knowles and I said that certain people in glass houses shouldn't be throwing stones. And so to make all these accusations about James and a toxic workplace and misusing finances, there's some people who really shouldn't be uh, running their mouth about that. Wow. So instead, it's like, well, I, I'm worried that I might get caught. So let me take the initiative first. It's projection. And, yeah. Classic projection. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. 
Well, you guys, we actually have to play a second trailer, and then when we get back, we'll get more right into um, this. And also, I know a lot of people in the chat like may not understand how. Um, well, there was a bunch of questions about how, like how James. This is James' company. How could a board, you know, outs uh, the founder of a company? You know, so maybe we can talk about that a little bit when we get back from the trailer. And I've got a Chat GPT answer because I looked up that exact question <laughs> minutes ago. I am waiting for that. That's awesome. Was it a woke response? That's my question. Really. <laughs> See you guys. You've heard about real life conspiracies revolving around the global cabal or deep state. But what is the deep state? Who are they? And how have they impacted our history for more than a hundred years? What methods do they use? And what is their ultimate goal? In this explosive series, you will be introduced to the strange inner workings of the most secretive group in the world, the, the Deep State. In this episode, hear who the Committee of 300 is and why they're so important in the Deep State hierarchy. Learn why you should care and how they're actively being taken down right now. of wonder exposes the deep state welcome back welcome back you know there was that internal letter um zach that you were talking about maybe maybe we should show that first um which one from the company the one that was talking about that the project veritas will thrive without james o'keefe <laughs> all right yeah i didn't um so out of touch i know i'm trying to find it um, no 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 don't worry yeah we're gonna pull it up here so here we go here we go here we go and charlie yeah. kirk posted this i think he was the one that you know got it popular from the leak and it it basically goes like this um we must take this opportunity to prove that PV is not a cult of personality, but a force to be reckoned with. We will grow and thrive and produce and distribute content that uncovers corruption and hypocrisy as we have always have. We have many new faces to show off to a growing audience who are curious what we can do. Let's show them triple exclamation point. So um, that, that obviously hasn't gone over well um <laughs> take don't it think like that had the intended effect <laughs> right yes. um and what's kind of coming out today is um or actually what started yesterday is that there's been a revolt from mm -hmm. the company themselves this was a the gateway pundit actually posted this story i'm going to try to see if i could present this with a share screen um and uh, basically, oh, you, uh, you can just send it over to Lindsay. Well, it's already yeah, in our doc. It's the Gateway okay. exclusive. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Lindsay should have it. It's it's already in here. She, I do want to point out, though, 
a lot of people have been attacking some of the journalists who have appeared in some of the Project Veritas videos that have been released uh-huh. since the board placed James on leave. Um, those are not the people that you want to be attacking. Mm. Um, people like Christian Hartsock, James Lolino, you'll notice they didn't sign that employee letter for the struggle session. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, those are journalists, you know, R.C. Maxwell, he's another one who's been loyal to James throughout this. If you look at the employee letter, there's a shockingly small number of journalists who signed on to that letter, considering that they make up probably at least half the company. Interesting. So that's and this is what this Gateway Pundit story is talking about. It's yeah. largely the journalists threatening to walk. Yep. Yeah. And, and well, I mean, you know, I mean, it's like. Okay, so how how is this possible? You know, like how can the board just like throw them out? I mean, you know, for those of you kind of running a company, especially with a board, yeah, I mean, you kind of give power to the board to make decisions when it comes to the finance aspect. But what's your guys' take on this? So I asked ChatGPT about what the specific state laws governing the selection of the board of directors. Mm -hmm. And it basically said that it was up to the bylaws of the organization. So my interpretation is that by default, it was big donors that contributed to the company and then they wanted to have a board seat in exchange for that. And so James O'Keefe, you know, said, sure, why not? And then they got on the board and now they're making decisions. This is like the story of every the downfall of every big corporation or company. I mean, right. it's, especially now, you know, that's yeah. how infiltration happens. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, it's basically these board members that got on there. And, and the thing is, is that there were some warning signs about some of these board members. Like one of them actually uses he, him pronouns, you know, he's one of those pronouns persons, you know, so, you know, that person's obviously susceptible to whatever the heck the current thing narrative is going. That on. guy, Kevin sounds like one of those people. Yeah. Uh, Kevin wasn't so much the current thing guy as he was. I want to make as much money as possible right. and I yeah. want to amass power, yeah. which, you know, running a political spying organization. Yeah, that can buy you. That can a make you a lot of money and b buy you yeah. some powerful friends, which That's I, true. I know some of the people they were working with and they are powerful people. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so one person I want to bring up is uh, Deanna Reamers. And I guess, so Dinesh D'Souza had a tweet about about her and she came out and I guess this is one of the, I don't know if, do you guys know the story? I guess the board said something or somebody said something that that James O'Keefe either did something to her or she was a donor and something happened and she came out all these yeah, I know what this story is actually was. not true. Yeah, what's the story? The story that they alleged in the employee letter, it's it, it's in that 11-page uh, employee letter that I believe Tim Cass posted the entirety of. Um, they basically alleged that at a donor event that this woman who's featured in the video had gone up to ask James for a selfie and he had said no and that made her cry. So they tried mm-hmm. to make it seem like James is you know ungrateful or unkind to donors. Uh, this woman very courageously came out and, you know, she has nothing to benefit by making this video, basically said that the people who authored the letter uh, misrepresented that situation and that 
you know, James, yeah, in that moment, he didn't want to take a picture, which, you know, if you're at an event with hundreds of people, I can very easily see how taking selfies is exhausting. And that they had a very good conversation later on during the event. So mm. can we uh, play the they, video? Yeah. Yeah, let's get them the sound going on. Hi there, my name is Diana Remmers, and I'm actually here in Mexico on vacation with my husband, and um, I've been made aware of uh, allegations towards James O'Keefe of Project Veritas, uh, news, you know, little blog news, a little bit on social media and whatnot, and I realized actually that one of the allegations and grievances towards James is about a situation that involved me with James in uh december i'm sorry november 2021 in florida at the david horowitz event where the allegations are that he was extremely stoned which happens to be me and that's completely blown out of proportion um i asked him to take a picture and he you know had a lot of people running at him asking for different things and he was thrilled about getting a picture at that moment but he yeah we might i think i think it's too low so uh, Actually, sorry guys Great friends, and I've had uh, yeah, it's not your fault, Lindsay. It's it's her video, it's just kind of low. Yeah, so what is she saying? Can we paraphrase? Like, basically, yeah, I mean, she just kind of summed it up. You know, she was like, we, we were at this event, and um, he was, you know, I wanted to get his picture taken. And it was just like something to the extent of like he was really busy doing a lot of things. And, and, and then like, like you said later, we just kind of had a conversation later and it just didn't, it wasn't as like what they were trying to portray it to be. She just said know. she was going to continue to support him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Long story short. Yeah. That's, that's, that is a long story short. So very. It does not make the board look good. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, and. I believe, um, and I, I think it's been published, several of the high dollar donors actually um, retained a law firm and sent a cease and desist to the board, demanding that James be reinstated as the CEO immediately. That happened just recently? Is that what you're saying? Uh, it happened a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. if you look it up, uh, a bunch of the donors retained a law firm demanding that the board stop what they're doing. Very interesting. Do you do you guys think that that's going to make a difference here, or did James just wants out and wants to do his own thing because it's too much of a mess? I think I think no. he wants I think he wants to control the board. He wants to continue his mission. Of um, course. And the donors see James as Project Veritas, and this this whole coup with a bunch of um, you know board of directors that are good at operations. I think that this isn't going to fly very well. And at this point, the backlash is so strong that they're either going to capitulate and bring James back or uh, they're going to and resign or they're going to uh, destroy the company because, you know, they're already so censored already. Like they mm -hmm. depend on their supporters to distribute their content and to retweet it. But um no one wants to do that anymore. Like I've unfollowed both Project Veritas and Project Veritas Action on Twitter. I know a lot of other whistleblowers who have done the same. Um, and the question is, how can they move forward from here? Like who's going to retweet them? Right. And they've got all these expenses. You know, they well, even not... promised 
Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. You, they even promised what? They even promised pay raises to people uh, to stay on. That's the thing. They're trying to bribe everyone. And the thing is, is that I don't see how they're going to be able to make up that money because we're not going to distribute their content anymore um, because of their unethical behavior. And the donors aren't going to donate. And they need those donors are the lifeblood of the company. Right. And who wants to go and, you know, give it to a bunch of suits that ousted the founder using lies? And what whistleblower is going to want to come and, you know, that trust was my them? next question. That, yeah, that's literally my next question is that without with them doing this, what are they expecting is going to happen next? I mean, as you guys, as whistleblowers, what would you do now? I mean, would you be more, you know, like, would you go, do you feel comfortable going to Project Veritas now and being like, hey, I have a story no. for you guys? Or would no. you follow like where James O'Keefe is going or, or just wait it out? I mean, if I was a Project Veritas, I mean, if I was a whistleblower, um, right now I'd be in limbo, right? Because, yeah. you know, you're going to go to a company right now that just did a coup and is filled with snakes. Um, and whatever James O'Keefe is going to build next, he hasn't built it yet. And so you you pretty much got nowhere to go. I mean, you're not going to go to the New York Times. They're just going to sell you out, <laughs> right? Like, right. you know, what what's left? Maybe the Washington Examiner or, you know, the Gateway Pundit that's heavily censored. Um, and And that's pretty much the situation. Like, we've lost our one outlet that we had to expose government corruption. And we're doing this right now as we tiptoe into World War III with Ukraine and Russia, um, all this other stuff. You've got Biden just signed some treaty to cede sovereignty to the WHO on oh another God, pandemic. Yeah. And it's just like you know, all these things are happening together. And Project Veritas, to me, always seemed like the big contradiction in that scheme. And now that they've done this on you know eight days following or how, however long it was, following this uh, Pfizer disclosure um, is very, very suspect. And, um, you know, everyone can see it. Like, of all the timing, why now? Like, if they were scheming to oust James, you know, just looking at the chessboard, you would think that they would wait three to six months and do it, you know, later. But the fact is, is that they didn't wait. They did it right after the largest story. Like, the Google is leaks was jealousy? the biggest story. Jealousy? I, I think it's partly jealousy. I think James pissed off some people and they've been holding a grudge, a secret grudge for a while. Mm. Um, I think Matthew Tierman might be one of those people to hold a secret grudge. And he's he's smart and he's he's very intelligent. He's also conniving. And I think that um, he might have secretly been wanting to do this. And so he's been playing, you know, Game of Thrones secretly for a very long time. And um, and now he's instrumented this coup, like this uh, what, that Kevin guy, that British MI6 person, yeah, that, Richard and Kevin, yeah, Richard, yeah, Richard and, and Kevin, Kevin. yeah. Like the first time I met Kevin was with uh, was when I got introduced to Matthew Tierman, right? Interesting. So mm -hmm. it, it's it's interesting that you know Matthew Tierman has now been close yeah. with two groups of people that have tried to do coups he's like on, the yeah the portal through which all of this stuff is is actually happening right hmm. and there's a lot of anger right now at matthew Tierman. um yeah you know, i mean oh does this guy like <laughs> he probably went into this thinking it was going to be great and it's gonna i mean it's by the looks of it it's gonna destroy 
anything. Right. Actually, that's my that's my like question. Like most to you guys. egomaniacs, they what? think that they're gonna get away with it. They think that everyone's gonna just be cool with it. Well, what what do you guys predict? Can I ask you what you predict is going to happen with this situation? Mm -hmm. I mean, you 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 are on the ground a little bit more than anyone else I know. Like, what do you yeah. think is actually going to happen? I really think that because if the donors have a law firm that's powerful enough, um, I'm not a lawyer. So I, like I said, I don't fully understand the legal workings, but I feel like the board of directors does have a fiduciary duty to the donors. And so if they are able to successfully challenge the board of directors, then power could be reverted back to James. Um, I hope I, that's the case because he's worked so hard. He literally built this out of like a, a barn on his parents' property while he was like mm -hmm. on federal probation, you know? Um, so I, that's what I hope will happen. Uh, what I think has happened a lot and why they kind of waited and the timing is they wanted to basically keep James as their fundraising mascot. Because I think deep down, um, all these egomaniacs mm -hmm. thought that, you know, they still knew that James was the biggest fundraising tool they had. And so they mm -hmm. wanted him to yeah. keep bringing in the money, you know, so that everyone could get paychecks, but strip him of any actual power or creative control or strategic direction of his own company, which is sick, personally. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, and what was I going to say? I kind of forgot about it real quick. Um, I yeah, I mean, what you predict, you know? Oh what? yeah. That what we predict. Right. Um, look, I, I don't know how I, I, I imagine that it's incredibly hard to get a court to step in over some sort of board of directors issue. Right. And really what, what is a board of directors anyways? Right. It's sort of a, a ceremonial position, you know, that people think that has power. Uh, the real power is uh, the human power, the organization of people that want to do the mission. And, you know, whether the board is able to, you know, keep the name Project Veritas, you know, and what the shell of the organization that it was going forward is is possible. But um, I don't really think that that's necessarily like where the power lies. The power lies with James and the ability for people to be loyal to him because of his razor sharp focus and unrelenting pursuit of his mission to expose corruption. And, um, you know, that, that will probably move. I think what's going to happen is, um, James will be James and the donors will be unsuccessful in their ability to wrestle away control of the board. I think the board's got it. I think that the only way out of this right now is that the board has to make a decision of, whether to go down with the ship and be known forever as having part in the destruction of incredible value, the world's number one investigative unit in the world, right? Um, and live with that shame or give it up because they don't want to be known as that. And, you know, it'll just go down as a footnote as just another coup attempt. This one more successful than the last of Project Veritas. And so really the game state, you know, which is in James's, uh, favor and all of us is to pretty much destroy the value of that company right now. Encourage mm. our followers not to give them anything, shame them, don't distribute their stuff, unfollow them, show to the rest of the community that this is now an illegitimate board. 
And if we can do that, then what that's going to do is this is going to make the board face the reality um, that that there's no company without James going forward. And mm-hmm. also there's no company with James and them together. So really the only option that they have in order right. to keep the corporate entity project Veritas alive is for them eventually to resign and let James take back control of the board and revive it. If they don't, James is going to go and create his new thing. Project Veritas will wither on the vine. And um, I mean, maybe it'll be kind of like infiltrated or sold out like the Drudge Report was. But everyone's going to know that it's now a fraudulent facsimile of the thing that it truly was before. Okay, but but, okay, but I agree with everything you said. But if they're out of touch enough to even try to make this move, not realizing how much power, really, because that's what it is, James O'Keefe has over this entire thing, this seems like a hill that they're going to die on, does it not? Yeah, I I think we're talking about like what is important here is like the pursuit of truth. I think that uh what the board members are looking at is they want that exit, right? Like they can, they've got something, they can sell it to like, you know, compromised assets, not going to name them, and then they'll buy it and then they'll turn it into like another drudge report. Well, and the other aspect too is, is, you know, maybe it would, they'll flip it around and be like, Oh, well we should be equal now and go after other people. And maybe, you know, something that's, I hate to say this, but if it is bought out, it's like, Oh, well let's go and investigate something on the right. You know, even though the thing is, it's like, James is not on the, he's not really focusing on the left or right. It's like, we're just trying to find the truth and what is going on. We're all being lied to. Where's the center of this lie? And we'll go from there or, you know, whatever either side is, or, you know, m- mostly the side that's being bought out. Right. So right. that's the thing I'm kind of worried about is that now something could buy this and then use it as this continue on with what it's doing, but working on the, the other side, of course. Yeah. Or, or, or divert people's attention towards symbolic conflicts that are actual dead ends that benefit the oligarchs. Yeah, right. Like, you. I mean, like, look at Matt Walsh and all these other people that are out there. Like, they all took told us to take the vaccine, right? They're not going to go and expose Pfizer, but they're going to go and talk about these, like, you know, um, trans issues, which which is important in in various respects. But then the way that they go about it is that they take the struggle perfectly. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, take the struggle so that it won't achieve any of the goals that people that are upset with the way things are going with the trans agenda, it won't come to any resolution. It's all about cathartic Mm -hmm. releases against, you know, Mm -hmm. pawns. And I think that um, if Project Veritas is taken over, it's basically going to be turned into that. Like instead of like going after Pfizer and directed evolution, it's going to be like some red meat that um, some sort of tabloid clickbait that they'll, they'll turn it into. You know, basically another proponent of the current thing narrative. Yeah. Well, and James always, his philosophy was that Project Veritas goes after the sacred cows. That's how he would always (laughs) refer to them. Um, He didn't talk about, he never really talked about politics one way or another as far as like, oh, I'm a, I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. Yeah, no, I never heard him say it either. Yeah. Never heard him really talk about those things. He liked to go after the institutions, the people 
that nobody else wanted to touch because they were too powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Googles, like uh, it was funny because right before we did Zach's story, uh, the top golf story where he ate a chicken wing off my plate, we were playing and James is generally a terrible golfer. Um, I feel comfortable saying that, but he was like, okay, if I make it to like this goal, you know, that's, you know, something that's easier to get. Like, I think we said like, cause project Veritas had done a lot of voter fraud stories. So he's like, that's voter fraud. If I get it to the next one, then that's Facebook. He's like, but if I get it to that back goal, that's Google. And it was, we, we were on our last ball. Like the time was running out. He hit one perfect shot and landed it in the far goal. And we're wow. like, okay, we're, we're done. We're done golfing. It's not going to get better than that. That's that's, It's good to get illumination on James's decision-making processes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because we knew that like, cause we, at the time, you know, we were still doing the undercover work on Zach's story because there was an undercover component as well as Zach's disclosures. And that's what made it such a powerful story was the combination of insider documentation along with undercover footage of getting one of these executives who I actually was the one having dinner with her talking about how uh, they were changing. And it's with all the chat GPT, like woke stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Zach was talking about algorithmic unfairness or basically machine learning biases back in 2017, 2018, 2019, 20 years right. ago. And so I, it was very, that was. And now we're seeing it roll out with chat GPT. It's exactly. crazy. It's so creepy. It's like somebody was talking about this and screaming about it years ago. <laughs> wow. Right. Well, you guys, we're going to have to, um, we're going to continue this conversation. We actually have a lot of fans or a lot of people in the chat that ask some questions, but we're going to leave Rumble now and head over to rise.tv. So we're going to leave Rumble, Facebook, Anjing World, Twitter, and all the other places that we're streaming right now and head over to rise.tv. So for those of you watching, you can join us for just $9.99 a month on rise.tv and support our work. And you'll get to ask us your questions that you have. Uh, as we do these deep dive Q and A's and where we have guests on too. So you guys can ask Cassandra and Zach uh, yourselves. So come on over where this we'll talk about what the censors don't want you to hear. And uh, we'll check out this trailer and then we'll see you guys over on rise.tv. What is human trafficking? How are people trafficked? Why don't we hear about it when it happens? Are the same organizations meant to protect us actually the ones orchestrating the billion-dollar human traffic industry? Join us for the newest three-part original series, Traffic, as we shine the light into every dark corner of this reality. Traffic Part 1, Money, Power, Rule. So Cassandra, I'm not sure if you've heard of uh, of us before, Edge of Wonder. Um, we had about 500,000 subscribers on YouTube. We were kind of rocking and 